Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a chapter-by-chapter analysis of the Twilight Saga, starting with Twilight. Today we're looking at Chapter 3, titled Phenomenon. The chapter starts with a line, when I opened my eyes in the morning, something was different. And immediately I'm, I'm in suspense because I'm like, what's different? What's changed? But no, she's just talking about the quality of the light. <laughs> it's clearer. <laughs> There's no fog outside her window. <laughs> and then she, she jumps up to look outside and then groans in horror. Now, a groan <laughs> in horror, like, I imagine that's a... Uh, <laughs> like, like a groan is, uh, and horror is like, uh, so it would be, Gah! maybe it was a, Gah! yeah, I think it was a, Gah! and what's, what's made her groan in horror is that there's a fine layer of snow covering the yard. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and, and all the rain from yesterday had frozen solid. <laughs> She says, I had enough trouble not falling down when the ground was dry. It might be safer for me to go back to bed now. (laughs) I sort of think her clumsiness is like a self-filling prophecy because she's perpetuating this idea that she's clumsy. And so I guess she's just going to be clumsy. But usually people who know they're clumsy keep an eye out for things like this. And she's already identified that the ice would be a problem. So maybe just be careful. Okay, and so then she has breakfast, which is described as, I threw down a quick bowl of cereal and some orange juice from the carton. (laughs) I love that. I threw it down. (laughs) I'm going to start using that. I threw down an Eggs Benny. (laughs) And she's saying that she felt excited to go to school and that scared her. So she's scared that she's excited. She's a a mixed bag of emotions. Um, And it's not because she's happy to see her new friends or she's excited by about learning. No, she just wants to see Edward. <laughs> she acknowledges that she should be avoiding him. Um, but she says, I should be avoiding him entirely after my brainless and embarrassing babbling yesterday. Like she didn't really babble that much. I mean, yeah, she talked about old mate mum going to Florida with old mate Phil, but I mean, there was nothing really that embarrassing there. Like shouldn't, why should she be embarrassed about that? Especially when he was the one that a couple of weeks ago or a week ago was trying to get out of biology to not be near her because her hair stunk of strawberries. Like it should be flipped. He should be the one being embarrassed, but she says she's still suspicious of him because why would he lie about his eyes? 
she's she's harping on this eye thing. She's not going to let that go. But she she admits that she's frightened of the hostility she sometimes felt emanating from him, and that she's still tongue-tied whenever she pictures his perfect face. <laughs> Bella is totally one of those girls that would be obsessed with Ted Bundy and like fall in love with him and write him letters in prison and like that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Like she knows that he's a hostile person, but she's she just loves his face. <laughs> She's that girl. She's she's a Ted Bundy stan. I, I just, I know she would be. But I will admit when Zac Efron played Ted Bundy, like, I was like, I get it. I get it. So she acknowledges her anxiety, but she, she makes it to school anyway. She says it takes every ounce of her concentration to make it down the icy brick driveway alive. So good. She is concentrating. She's, she's aware. But then she says she almost loses her balance when she gets to the truck, but she managed to cling to the side mirror and save myself. <laughs> Is she a cartoon? Like, this is a cartoon. She says, clearly today was going to be nightmarish. Well, she has no idea. And so driving to school, she distracts herself from her fear of falling (laughs) by thinking about Mike and Eric and the obvious difference in how teenage boys responded to her here. Because she's thinking that she gets a lot more attention in Forks than she ever did in Phoenix, even though she looks exactly the same. And she says, maybe it's because they haven't seen my awkward phase of adolescence that everyone in Phoenix saw, or maybe it's because she's a novelty in Forks. Or she says, possibly my crippling clumsiness was seen as endearing rather than pathetic, casting me as a damsel in distress. (laughs) Get over the fucking clumsiness. I'm just, Then she's like, oh, wow, my, my truck had no problems on the black ice that covered the roads. And she drove very slowly, not wanting to carve a path of destruction through Main Street. <sighs> That's what I hate about Bella. She doesn't back herself. She's just not confident in any aspect of her life. And like, I know you're a teenage girl and you have insecurities and stuff, but like, you're the one pushing the fact that you're clumsy and that translates to bad driving. That's on you. Like, there's no evidence of that in the past. Like, yeah, you fell over getting into the car. Okay, maybe she does have a point. Or catch the bus. She gets out of the car at school and that's when she discovers that Charlie had put something on her tires to make them not slip on the ice. So that was that was good of Charlie. And she says that her throat felt suddenly tight because she wasn't used to being taken care of and Charlie's unspoken concern caught her by surprise. So I'm really thinking that old mate mum was really quite quite a shit parent. Like she doesn't feel like she's ever been taken care of or she's not giving her parents their due. Because from everything that we've seen, like her mum's a bit flighty, but Charlie's been great. She's the one that didn't give him the time of day by going to Forks. So maybe she's, maybe she's too soft-centered. So she's standing at the back corner of the truck, getting sentimental about the snow chains and that's when shit goes down. So she hears a high-pitched screech that starts becoming painfully loud and she looks up startled and she sees several things simultaneously. Nothing was in slow motion the way it is in movies, but instead the adrenaline rush somehow seemed to make her brain work faster and she was able to absorb in clear detail several things at once. Now I call bullshit. I would love to get a scientist's perspective on adrenaline causing you to notice more things at once, even though it's not in slow motion. I haven't been in a situation where a truck's running me down, so I can't say for certain, but it's just, it's very convenient that she is so alert in that moment, but can't 
actually jump out of the way of the truck herself. So what's happening is she sees Edward Cullen standing four cars down from her, staring at her in horror. And she also sees a dark blue van skidding, tires locked and squealing against the brakes, spinning around the ice of the parking lot, and it's going to hit the back corner of her truck and her standing in between them. So she says she didn't even have time to close her eyes, but she had time to notice everything in perfect non-slow motion. So, okay. So just before she hears the shattering crunch of the van folding around the truck bed, something hit her hard, but not from the direction she was expecting. So her head cracked against the icy black top, I guess of the road. And she felt something solid and cold pinning her to the ground. She's lying on the pavement next to the car she'd parked next to, but she didn't have a chance to notice anything else because the van was still coming. Okay. Just a minute ago, she was noticing everything. Now she's not noticing much else. The van coming curls gratingly around the end of the truck, still spinning and sliding and was about to collide with her again. I, I, I tell you what, thank God for the movie because I can just not picture this at all. And the next line is a low oath made me aware that someone was with me and the voice was impossible not to recognize. What's a low oath? Like, did he make an oath? Was he like, I swear to God, I swear to God. What's an oath? A low oath? Like, you know how people take an oath? O-A-T-H. If she said a low oofed, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But a low oath. What's he making an oath about? Is he reciting the Pledge of Allegiance? So much description and yet I can't, I don't know what's going on. Stephanie Meyer just has this weird talent where she can describe in so much detail and yet I still don't have a freaking clue what's going on. So she says two long white hands shoot out protectively in front of her and the van shudders to a stop a foot from her face. The large hands fitting providentially into a deep dent in the side of the van's body. Large hands fitting providentially. What the? Gonna Google it. Oh, okay, so providentially is of or resulting from divine providence, as if through divine intervention. Okay, so Edward is the divine intervention that stops the truck, basically. What tween reading this knows what providentially means? And what strikes me about this paragraph is that she says Edward has long white hands. And you know what they say about long hands, right? We'll get to that in book four. Okay, so then his long white hands move so fast that they blurred. One was gripping under the body of the van and something was dragging her, swinging her legs around like a rag dolls till they hit the tire of the tan car. What? A groaning metallic thud hurt my ears and the van settled glass popping onto the asphalt exactly where a second ago my legs had been. So I really need a diagram of that, but what it seems like is Edward's pulling up the car or stopping the car, but also swinging, swinging Bella around so she doesn't get hit. And she says, I was at, it was absolutely silent for one long second before the screaming began. What's a long second? A second is a second. In the abrupt bedlam, <laughs> abrupt bedlam, in the abrupt bedlam, she could just say bedlam. I could hear more than one person shouting my name, but more clearly than all the yelling, I could hear Edward Cullen's low frantic voice in my ear. Bella, are you all right? So Edward asks Bella if she's all right, and she says she's fine, but her voice sounded strange. I tried to sit up and realized he was holding me against the side of his body in an iron grasp. That's kind of hot. 
he says, be careful. I think you hit your head pretty hard. And then she has a throbbing ache above her left ear. <laughs> and she says, ow, I said, surprised. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? You were just in like a car accident. You hit your head. Ow, what a surprise. What a shock. And he says, that's what I thought. His voice amazingly sounded like he was suppressing laughter. So I imagine that's like, that's what I, that's, that's what I thought. (laughs) That's what I thought. I don't know why he's being such a smarmy, cocky little bitch right now. And then, so she's trying to clear her head and get her bearings. And she says, how did you get over here so fast? And he's like, I was standing right next to you, Bella. That's his tone being serious. I was standing right next to you, Bella. She sits up. And then he looks at her with a concerned, innocent expression. And she says that she was disoriented again by the force of his gold colored eyes. What was I asking him? Like, okay. So she's just been hit by a van and her truck's totaled and she's distracted by the color of his eyes. Like, get your priorities straight, sis. So then there's a flurry of activity around her. She tries to get up, but Edward's cold hand pushed her shoulder down and he's like, just stay put for now. And she says, but it's cold. (laughs) Fuck this girl. Um, And it surprised her when he chuckles under his breath. So I guess he finds it endearing that she's an idiot. And then she says, you were over there. And then that stops his chuckling. And she's like, you were by your car. And he's like, no, I wasn't. And she's like, yeah, you were, I saw you. And she said all around them, there was chaos um, as everyone's rushing to the scene. Meanwhile, poor Tyler's in the truck. He's probably got a head wound as well, but like she doesn't give a shit about him. And she says, I obstinately held on to our argument. I was right and he was going to admit it. And he says, Bella, I was standing with you and I pulled you out of the way. And then she's like, no. And he's like, please, Bella. And she's like, why? And he says, trust me. Trust me, he pleaded, his soft voice overwhelming. Trust me. And she says, all right, well, you promised to explain everything to me later, okay? And she's like, and he's like, fine. And she says, fine. Like, why are they having a fight right now? Let it go for a minute, Bella. So then it took six EMTs and two teachers, Mr. Varner and Coach Clap. Thank God she told us which two teachers. Coincidentally, the only two teachers that have been named in the book so far, to move the van far enough away from them in order to get the stretches in. So they bring the stretches in, Edward refuses his, and Bella tries to also refuse a stretcher. But she says, the trader told them I'd hit my head and probably had a concussion. So she's calling Edward a trader, even though he just saved a life. And she says, I almost died of humiliation when they put on the neck brace. (sighs) I mean, if a medical professional is putting you in a neck brace, just suck it up and be grateful that you're not dead. And then Edward rides in the front of the ambulance with her. I don't know why everyone's just succumbing to Edward. Like, put him in a stretcher as well. Okay, so she's getting put into the ambulance. Charlie comes. uh, And as she's getting loaded into the ambulance, she looks and she sees the deep dent in the tan car's bumper. A very distinct dent that fit the contours of Edward's shoulders. (laughs) So Edward did a wily coyote and just left a, a body print of his own in the car and, and Bella recognized the shoulder print. <laughs> she said, I know that shoulder print anywhere. But the, but the assumption is that he had braced himself against the car with enough force to damage the metal frame. And so she's like, all right, I'll chew that over. And then she notices the Cullen family looking on from a distance with expressions that ranged from disapproval to fury. 
but no hint of concern for their brother's safety. So his family are obviously very anti-Bella, much like I am. So the ambulance gets a police escort to the hospital. Uh, she says she felt ridiculous the whole time as they were unloading her. I don't know why she felt, you're involved in an accident. You're gonna get treated like a patient. So they put her in an emergency room, which is a long room with a line of beds separated by pastel patterned curtains. Oh, thank you. I feel like I'm there. What a vivid image. And then she does something so stupid. She takes off the neck brace and throws it under the bed. Like, who are you to presume that you can take off your own neck brace when it's been put on you for a reason? You've had a head injury. She just thinks that she knows better and that she's invincible. It's annoying. So then Tyler gets put in next to, into the bed next to her. She recognizes him as Tyler Crowley from her government class. Good with good for her with the names. And now he's got blood-stained bandages wrapped tightly around his head. Um, and he looks a hundred times worse than she felt. And he's like, Bella, I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. You look like shit though. Uh, and then the nurses begin unwinding his bandages, exposing a myriad of shallow slices all over his forehead and left cheek. <laughs> a myriad. Like I use that word in my essays in high school to try and sound smart. Um, but she's using that to explain a number of shallow slices all over his forehead. <laughs> a myriad. <laughs> Such a trying to be smart word. And then Tyler's like, how did you get out of the way so fast? You were there and then you were gone. And she's like, Edward pulled me out of the way. And he's like, who? And she's like, Edward Cullen, he was standing next to me. And she says, I'd always been a terrible liar. I didn't sound convincing at all. So that would have been like, Edward Cullen, he was standing next to me. And, and, and he's like, Cullen, I didn't see him. Wow, it all went so fast. So then they wheel her away to go get an x-ray and she tells them that there's nothing wrong with her. Like, okay, let's just get the x-ray done. You hit your head, back off. But she was right. She doesn't even have a concussion, but she still has to wait in the ER until the doctor comes and talks to her. So Tyler's next to her, apologizing, apologizing, and she's getting annoyed by him. So she closes her eyes and ignores him. Oh, and then a musical voice asks, is she sleeping? But musically, so it's like, is she sleeping? <laughs> is she sleeping? <laughs> so then her eyes fly open. It's Edward standing at the foot of her bed, smirking. And she glares at him. But it wasn't easy to glare at him. It would have been more natural to ogle. <laughs> so Edward sits on Tyler's bed and starts flirting with Bella again. And she's distracted by his brilliant teeth. <laughs> He's got brilliant teeth. I wonder if they're pointy. Okay, and so then a doctor walks around the corner and her mouth falls open. He was young, he was blonde, and he was handsomer than any movie star I'd ever seen. He was pale though, and tired looking with circles under his eyes. I sense a Cullen. And she says, from Charlie's description, this had to be Edward's father. Now remember, Charlie just said he's attractive. <laughs> but she's like, yep, that's him. <laughs> Could be no one else. And it is, it is Edward's dad, Dr. Cullen. Um, and he says in a remarkably appealing voice. So Miss Swan, how are you feeling? And she says, I'm fine. I said for the last time I hoped like she knows that she was in an accident, but mm -hmm. so Dr. Cullen looks at her x-ray and he's like, yeah, you're probably fine. Charlie's in the waiting room waiting for you. You can go home with him. And she says, can I go back to school? Oh, take the day off. Like what a dream. 
And then Dr. Cullen mentions that most of the school seems to be in the waiting room and Ed and Bella says, oh no, and covers her face with her hands. <laughs> like the kids in the waiting room can't see her. Um, but yeah, she's covering her face with her hands. She's so dramatic. And so then he, and Dr. Cullen's like, oh, well, do you want to stay in hospital then? And she's like, no, no. And she throws her legs over the side of the bed um, and hops down too quickly. And so she staggers <laughs> And Dr. Cullen has to catch her and he looks concerned and she's like, I'm fine. No need to tell him my balance problems had nothing to do with hitting my head. Again, the balance problems, like far out. And Dr. Cullen's like, well, it sounds like you're pretty lucky. And she's like, yeah, lucky that Edward, Edward was standing next to me. And Dr. Cullen's like, oh yeah. And then she's like, ah, the doctor's in on it. She says her intuition flickered. So then she pulls Edward aside and she's like, can I talk to you for a minute? And He's like, what? What do you got to talk to me about? And he tries to avoid it, but then he's like, ah, okay. So they go into the hallway and he's like, what do you want? She says, his unfriendliness intimidated me. And she says, you owe me an explanation. He's like, I saved your life. I don't know your shit. And then she flinches back from the resentment in his voice. And she's like, but you promised. And he's like, he's gaslighting her. He's like, Bella, you hit your head. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Edward's such a prick. Like I hate Bella, but This guy sucks as well. He's gaslighting her, being like, you're crazy. It's all in your head, which is just right from the wanker playbook. And you know what? I've got to give it to Bella. She, she stands up for herself and she's like, there's nothing wrong with my head. And then he's like, oh, what do you want from me, Bella? And she's like, I want to know the truth. I want to know why I'm lying for you, which the whole I'm lying for you thing is annoys me. Cause like, wouldn't you be more interested being like, I almost died. I want to know the truth. Not I don't want to lie on your behalf. Odd. And then he's like, well, what do you think happened? And she's like, well, all I know is that you weren't anywhere near me. Tyler didn't see you either. So don't tell me I hit my head too hard. That van was going to crush us both and it didn't. And your hands left dents in the side of it. And you left a dent in the other car and you're not hurt at all. And the van should have smashed my legs, but you were holding it up. She really did say a lot in that one, that one long second. And then Edward tries to gaslight her again. And he's like, you think I lifted the van off you? (laughs) He's like, you're crazy. And she's like, yeah. And then he says, far out. And then he says, nobody will believe that, you know, (laughs) this is totally abusive, like emotional manipulation here. Like how often do you see that in like movies where they're like, no one's ever going to believe you if you say anything like that's, that's psychotic. He's psychotic. And then she's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. And then he's like, well, then why does it matter? She goes, it matters to me. I don't like to lie. So there'd better be a good reason why I'm doing it. Meanwhile, I remember in chapter one and chapter two, people asking her how she was and she was lying, being like, I'm great. I love forks. (laughs) She's been lying the whole book, but no, she doesn't like to lie now. Um, And he's like, can't you just thank me and get over it? (laughs) And then he's like, you're not going to let it go, are you? And she's like, no. And he says, in that case, I hope you enjoy disappointment. (laughs) What a prick. So then they scowl at each other in silence. And she says she's in danger of being distracted by his livid, glorious face. It was like trying to stare down a destroying angel. (laughs) We are just constantly reminded that he's attractive. (laughs) She can never just say she's staring at him. She has to be staring at his glorious face. And then she's like, why did you even bother? And then he says, I don't know. Which is (laughs) also pretty fucking rough. And that makes her so angry. It takes her a few minutes before she can even move. (laughs) Then she goes to the waiting room, which was more unpleasant than she'd feared 
because every face that she knew in Forks was there staring at her. She just doesn't like attention. It's rare for someone so self-centered to not like attention. So she says to Charlie that she's fine and she's like, let's get out of here. So she says, Charlie put one arm behind my back, not quite touching me and led me to the glass doors of the exit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't touching her. Um, but she waves at her friends being like, guys, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Then in the car in the cruiser home, she's positive that Edward's defensive behavior confirms all of the bizarre things that she can't believe she witnessed. And then Charlie says, uh, you're going to need to call Renee. And he hangs his head guilty. And she's appalled. She goes, you told mum? And then she slams the car door a little harder than necessary because she's so annoyed. And I'm like, okay, he's a co-parent and the child's been in a very serious accident and was hospitalized. Yeah, he's going to tell the other parent. You don't, you don't have a right to be angry that your dad told your mum that you were in hospital. That's normal. So her mum begs her to come home, but her pleas were easier to resist than I would have thought. I was consumed by the mystery Edward presented and more than a little obsessed by Edward himself. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, I agree, agree, agree. And she says, I wasn't as eager to escape Forks as I should be, as any normal, sane person would be. Okay, great. This is a breakthrough. She's acknowledging that she's dumb. And she decides to go to bed early that night. Charlie continued to watch her anxiously and that was getting on her nerves. Again, you've been in an accident, get over yourself. And so she takes some pain relief, she goes to sleep and the chapter ends with the line, that was the first night I dreamed of Edward Cullen. Which I guess is meant to come off as romantic, but from, from that little incident in the hallway of the hospital, it doesn't seem romantic to me, but he did save her, he did save her life. So we've got to give props to Edward, even though he's a gaslighting monster. So that was chapter three. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Three, a very short chapter, but action-packed. And it really, really propelled the plot forward. So chapter four is next. That's titled Invitations. In my mind, that's got to do with vampires needing to be invited into the home. I can't remember if that's the case. Um, We all know that Stephanie Meyer hates established vampire logic, so it might not be the case. But I look forward to seeing it. So thanks for listening. Join me uh, next week as we dive into chapter four. Again, please rate and review, like and subscribe, all that bullshit. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.